0: Well, good morning, Chapel family. It is good to be with you. It's good to worship again and to be here. And I'm excited. I'm excited to share the Word of God and continue our worship, you know, as I share the Word of God. You know, before the Christmas season and for a number of months, we had been going through a series in the book of Acts. And uh, this morning... um, We get to finally close this series in the book of Acts. I know some of you are finally saying, yes, we finally get to move on from the book of Acts. But you know what? It has been good. It has been good for us as a church to go through this book together. As we now are looking into a new season of ministry for the chapel. Moving from a multi-campus church to now a single local church in the city of Akron. You know, the book of Acts recounts how the first century Christian church spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and also understanding the mounting opposition that was against this gospel of Jesus, understanding that. But then it helps us to to know how the the first century church grew and thrived and to, to help us to keep the right focus on God's word, on God's leading so that we wouldn't be led by man-made strategies and plan, but we'd be led by the word of God, by his leading of what, how he moved. And so that we can just, you know, walk into what God has for us in this next year, especially this new year of 2023. So before we begin, I want to pray as well and asking God to speak to us through his word. Father, I pray that you would move in our hearts this morning. Speak to us as we look again at the book of Acts, how you raised up a community of believers, the church, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Strengthen us, O oh Lord. Help us to know of that so that we too can enter into this story of your kingdom. Kingdom on earth and then the kingdom of come in heaven. I pray, O oh Father, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you, O oh God, my rock and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Or do you remember in the first chapter of Acts? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Where Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he said this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea, in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And as we went through the book of Acts, we saw God empower the apostles through the Holy Spirit to do just that of what Acts 1.8 said. To be the witnesses in Jerusalem, where we saw in Acts chapter 1 and through chapter 8, and then Judea and Samaria, chapter 8 through chapter 12, and then to the ends of the earth chapter 13, to all the way to chapter 28, where Paul's missionary journey ends in the city of Rome. So now I want to give you kind of a flyover summary of each chapter in the book of Acts to remind you what we all learn together, and, and hopes to show you how the Holy Spirit Moved in the believers to proclaim the gospel of Christ, drawing many to salvation, which began the church, the community of believers. Are you ready? I grab a hold of your seats because this is going to be a ride to remember and celebrate all that God had done. And, and remembering, too, that this is the same God that moved, you know, in the book of Acts that we read to the same God today. The Bible proclaims that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So Acts, chapter 1. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and then commissions his disciples to be his witnesses of this gospel of Christ everywhere. And then he ascends into heaven. And then the disciples are then replacing Judas with Messias. Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit arrives, changing the scared disciples into bold proclaimers of the truth and the way. Peter delivers his first sermon, and let me tell you, it's amazing. The people ask, they ask Peter, what should we do? And listen to Peter's response in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 39. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And then we see 3,000 people repented and were baptized and became believers. It is already getting exciting. God is on the move. Okay, Acts chapter 3, Peter and Paul went to pray, and they met a lame man on the way. He was healed on that day, and he went walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising. Does anyone else know this song? Yes, 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 yeah. Okay, and also in chapter 3, Peter preached the good news of the gospel again. Acts chapter 4, the religious council wanted to know how the beggar was healed. They recognized Peter and John were ordinary men who had been with Jesus. The believers prayed for boldness, and there was not a needy person among them. Acts chapter 5. The plot thickens. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit, and consequence was death. Many signs and wonders were done through the power of God, and the apostles were jailed, but but God freed them by the angel of the Lord. Chapter 6, the apostles realized that they needed help to care for the church, the people of God. And so, seven men were chosen to do so. Also, Stephen is arrested because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 7, Stephen preaches the goodness of God. God's promise from Moses and his stoned. But before his death, he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he asked that his death would not be held against those who stoned him. Acts chapter 8. Saul is introduced as the bad guy who is persecuting the believers in Jesus, and the church is scattered after Stephen's death. But they didn't hide this time. Philip preached in Samaria. And was led to minister the good news of Jesus to an Ethiopian eunuch. Here it is spreading. The gospel is going to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 9. This is a big one. Saul meets Jesus in a vision. He is blinded and his life is flipped upside down. And after receiving his sight, he immediately proclaimed Jesus as the son of God in the synagogue. Within a few days, the Jewish leaders wanted, to, wanted him dead. Saul came to Jerusalem, but the believers were afraid of him until Barnabas stood up for him. There were lots of miracles and the church was growing. Acts chapter 10. Peter has a vision in which the Lord shows him that the gospel is for the Gentiles too. Aren't you glad the gospel is for us as well? And Pete, and there <laughs> chapter, Acts uh, chapter 11, Peter then reports back to the church in Jerusalem about his vision and preaching to the Gentiles. Acts chapter 12, James is killed and Peter is arrested for his faith in Christ. Peter is set free and led out of prison by an angel of the Lord. God's power, God's hand. Acts chapter 13, Barnabas and Saul are sent to Cyprus. The gospel, again, is now moving to the ends of the earth. Saul's name is changed to Paul. Paul preached in Perga, which, by the way, I had a chance to visit while I was in Turkey a number of years ago. And it was an amazing experience that I got to see this ancient city of Perga, where Paul, the actual Paul, preached and stood. It is amazing to see these uh, ruins are actual places that the Bible records. These are not fictional places, but real cities that existed. It makes the Bible valid and true in what it proclaims in seeing actual historical sites. Okay, Acts chapter 14. Paul and Barnabas traveled and preached the message of Jesus. Paul was stoned in Lystra and left for dead. But when the disciples gathered around him He was restored to health. Acts chapter 15, the believers discussed if the Gentiles needed to be circumcised and they decided it was not necessary for it was declared to be a child of God was by faith through the grace of our Lord Jesus. And then Paul and Bartimus part ways. Acts chapter 16, they continued to preach the gospel of Christ to other places and more imprisonments because of their message. However, God used them in a mighty way even to bring a jailer to faith in Jesus. Acts chapter 17. Paul reasons with the men of Athens. And he gives us a master levels class on how to connect with the culture in hopes to show the people the one true God. Acts chapter 18. Paul is in Corinth and returns to Antioch and the community of believers is growing even more. Chapter 19, Paul travels to Ephesus and the message of the gospel of Christ interrupts idolatry and causes a riot. Chapter 20, Paul travels to Macedonia and Greece and at every turn there is opposition but Paul doesn't shrink back and testifies to the Jews and Greeks to repent And have faith in Jesus. Chapter 21. Compelled by the Holy Spirit, Paul travels to Jerusalem. Even though it was prophesied and warned to him that he would be bound and imprisoned if he went. And indeed, that is what happened. Chapter 22. Paul is given a chance to give his testimony to the men that were beating him. Acts chapter 23, Paul stood up to the council and proclaimed that he has lived his life in all good conscience in defense of what he has been preaching. And Jesus appears to Paul in Acts chapter 23, verse 11, and he, uh, Jesus says this to Paul. Take courage, for as you testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. This was Paul's now trajectory to go to Rome. Acts chapter 24 and 25, Paul's on trial for believing in the resurrection of Christ and the hope of all to rise with him who believe in Jesus. He reasoned with the government officials in Caesarea for over two years. Acts chapter 26, Paul shares about his conversion with King Agrippa and his call to open the eyes of the Jews and Gentiles, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who were sanctified by faith in Christ. And now we come to Acts chapter 27. So if you haven't opened your Bibles to Acts, or if you want to uh, use the Bible and the pew back in front of you, please do so. And open to Acts 27, and then we'll really end on Acts 28, the last chapter. So now we're in Acts 27. And since since Paul appealed to Caesar of Rome because of the religious leader's objection to Paul's plea that he was not proclaiming a new religion, but sharing that God's promise had been fulfilled in Jesus, the Messiah, As Paul stated towards the end of Acts chapter 26, he says that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim, Jesus would proclaim light to both our people and to the Gentiles, to the Jews and the Gentiles. The light is Jesus. We learned about this as we went through the Christmas season. We talked about Jesus being the light of the world. The light that removes our darkness of sin. The light to bring us into relationship with God forevermore. That is the light that was proclaimed by Paul to the Jews and to the Gentiles. So in Acts 27, we have recorded Paul's long journey to Rome. And you can see here, I have a map here that it, it shows his long journey from Caesarea all the way to Rome. And it includes Big storms, a shipwreck on the island of Malta. And you can even see, it shows on this map, the western winds that were against him, which was recorded in Acts 27. But he continued to persevere, knowing his calling to go to Rome. And listen what it says in Acts 27, verses 21 through 26. It says this, Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood among them and said, Men, he's talking to the crew on the ship. Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And for this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. And that island that he was talking about was the island of Malta. And Paul was on Malta. uh, (coughs) When Paul was on Malta, through God's grace and power, used Paul to do miraculous healings for many people. And after three months, he then set sail and traveled to Rome. And when he finally arrived in Rome, he was greeted and encouraged by the brothers in Christ. Look at Acts chapter 28, verses 15 through 16. It says, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, when they heard about them when they came to Rome, came, from as, <laughs> came as far as the forum of Apisos. And the three taverns to meet us. And on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when he came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with a soldier who guarded him. So now Paul is in Rome. And where he was called and charged by Jesus in a vision to go and testify of the gospel of Christ. As it was mentioned in Acts chapter 23. And now Paul tells of his reason why he is in Rome. So let's look at Acts chapter 28 starting in verse 17. So after 3 days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when he had gathered, and when they had gathered, he said to them, "Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty, because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my own nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it's because of the hope of Israel that I'm wearing this chain. Paul pleads for his people to see the hope. Of Jesus, the hope of Jesus to be with them. Verse 20, it says, It's because of the hope of Israel that I'm wearing this chain. Paul's single message was to bring the hope of God, which is in Jesus Christ. And this hope was not something that was uncertain, but Paul knew it was a hope that was certain and that would bring life, true life, everlasting life to those who believe. Paul was convinced this is the single most important message to deliver and proclaim, even if it means he would be in chains, even if it means he would go through storms and be shipwrecked. It was worth it. For those of you who are here today and believe in Jesus, are you willing to sacrifice and do whatever it takes to share the hope that is found in Jesus? I want to tell you it's worth it. Don't let the world tempt you to withhold the hope of Jesus that you know and believe in. Don't let the enemy try to stifle your words or to put you in a box. If you believe and trust in Jesus, you have eternal hope. You have hope to be with your creator, God, the one who made you, who is can be in relationship with God. You have the hope of being in relationship with God. You have hope to have help from God, strength from God, a hope that doesn't disappoint. As Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If God's love has been poured into your heart, rejoice, rejoice. That's why we come every Sunday to worship and to give praise to God because of the love of God that he's put into our hearts and that the Holy Spirit God in us lives in us to strengthen us each day. We rejoice, rejoice in that. God is with you and works through you and lives in you and strengthens you. Share that hope. We'll look at Acts chapter 28 again, verses 21 through 23. And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you. Talking about Paul. None of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. Verse 22. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Verse 23. And when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. So God was preparing the hearts of these Jews in Rome to hear the truth of the gospel of Christ. Some came with open hearts. Some were skeptical and uncertain. And this was God's plan to spread His truth and the good news of the salvation in Jesus alone? It is God's working and calling that brings about faith in the hearts of people. Paul was called to be a faithful messenger of the hope of Jesus to all who would listen. And God was working in the hearts, calling out, calling them to faith in the Messiah, Jesus. And as we hear, in this time, in our lives, share the good news of Jesus with others, remember to trust God, to draw and to call out faith into people. Our charge by God is to plant and to water the truth of God's word into people's lives. But God gives the growth into faith in him. I'm reminded of the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter three where Paul says this, I planted, Apollos watered, But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything. But only God gives the growth. It's God who brings about faith into a person's lives. Not us to do that. Ephesians 1 shows that God chose us before the foundations of the world were formed to live for him. God predestined us to be adopted as children of God through Christ Jesus. It is not persuasive arguments or good presentations that bring people to faith in Jesus. It is God's working in the hearts of people. And we need to be faithful in sharing that message, helping others to understand all of who Jesus is. Look again at Acts chapter 28, verse 23 here. It says at, at the second part of 23, that Paul, from morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Verse 24, and some were convinced by what he said and others disbelieved. So when we understand and trust that God truly works in the hearts of people, then we just do our part to faithfully share about Jesus, And leave the outcome to God. And as Paul did, he reasoned, he discussed, he testified, he shared the whole picture about Jesus. Paul expounded on the truths of Scripture, trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. This has been repeated often in the book of Acts, of how Paul would share the understanding of who Jesus was. He would talk about the law of Moses, the prophets of helping them to realize that Jesus was a continuation of the hope of God. Sharing how the law of Moses leads us to an understanding that we are sinful, that we need a savior to save us from our sins that separate us from God. No one can perfectly keep the whole law of God. And how Moses and the prophets proclaimed a redeemer would come to save us, to save the people and restore them. How God throughout time has always been bringing hope of restoration to his people. Remember what God did in the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament should not be a part of the Bible that we avoid. But we should cherish it and study it. I know sometimes it may be difficult to to really grasp all that God is, but we see glimmers of it. And I love what Dan shared in our prayer time in Exodus 34, that God is gracious, loving, steadfast love to generations upon generations, showing the faithfulness of God. We see a greater picture of all of who God is when we understand the Old Testament. Throughout time, God has been showing himself as redeemer. We see it in the stories of God rescuing and restoring his people Through Noah and the flood to bring renewal. Through Abraham and the promised blessing to his people and to all people. Through his offspring, which we learn later in the book of Galatians chapter 3. That it's Christ. Christ is the ultimate blessing for the people We see God's rescuing and restoring in the story of Joseph, Jacob's son, who was betrayed by his brothers but restored in Egypt by the hand of God to bring his people out of famine. The story of Moses, who was used by God to bring all people of Israel out of slavery uh, of Egypt to show God's saving power. And so many more stories of God's mercy to restore, redeem, and save. Jesus is a continuation of the hope of Israel, as it's stated here in Acts 28. And it's for all people who call on the name of Jesus. Study the scriptures. See the story of God's mercy and redemption throughout time. God is a faithful God. Don't let anyone tell you differently. He is faithful to restore And when we understand this more and more as we see God's restoration, rescuing, saving power, we realize Jesus, oh, he is so precious. He becomes more and more precious to you as you read the scriptures and you encounter the redeemer of your soul. Have the whole picture of God in your hearts as you share this message of hope with others so that they will truly see a loving and merciful and redeemer that has come to save and restore them. Well, let's look back at Acts 28. Look at verses 24 and then all the way through 27. And it says here, And some were convinced by what Paul was saying. They came to believe, but others disbelieved. Verse 25, And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers, through Isaiah the prophet. Go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For his people's hearts has grown dull, and with their ears they, have, they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Least they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Well, this is the truth. Not all will believe in the saving message of Jesus. Even Jesus said in Matthew, it's recorded in Matthew chapter 7. He says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter in it are many. Many will not find Jesus. But listen. Of course, God is loving. His love is great. And it states even in 2 Peter chapter 2, or chapter 3, by the way, chapter 3, that God wishes no one to perish, but all to repent and believe in him. However, not all will repent and believe. The world, culture, the evil one, Satan, pulls and persuades people to turn away from God, and the things of God can grow dull, and their ears can be shut off, and their eyes of their hearts can be closed to the message of Jesus. I believe the prophecy of Isaiah was and is speaking to those who allow self to become the center of their lives, rather than being open to hear and see the one true God. Is your heart open to God this morning? If it is, he wants to speak, and he wants to heal you, as it says here, and this healing comes through only through the message of Jesus. If you would open your eyes of your hearts to God and open your ears to hear God speak, and I'm telling you, he is speaking through his word. He's given us his very words to speak to us. Then he will heal you. The promise is true for you. Heal you of sin that leads to death and destruction that separates us from God. Heal the relationship with the one who made you, who designed you, who formed you, who calls you out of darkness into light, an abundant life with God. True life, not the life that the world will give, not a peace that the world will give, but a peace from God that transcends our even understanding. He will come and he will heal. This is the salvation of God through Jesus Christ, and it's for you today. Would you believe Would you give your life to him? He died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead to heal you and give you eternal hope. God is faithful to restore and heal us. And now listen, look at these last verses of chapter 28. Verse 28 through 31. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, they will listen. He lived there, Paul lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul stated that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, which is now for all people. It doesn't matter your religious or ethnic background, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, Jew or Gentile, black or white, Asian or African, it doesn't matter, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And we see here in verses 30 through 31 that Paul welcomed all who came to him and proclaimed the kingdom of God and teaching about Jesus with all boldness, without any hindrance. The book of Acts doesn't end with some big fanfare or some big event or big miracle, though I would say People coming to believe, as some people were coming to believe in Jesus, is a miracle of God. When you see someone come and believe in Jesus, that is a miracle that God has changed them from darkness into light. Bring them out of darkness into his light and in relationship. That is a miracle. However, the book of Acts doesn't end in some monumental moment, some big moment. But it ends in this way to show us that we are to continue on doing as the apostles did, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus. So let's do this together as the church to welcome all who come to us, whoever comes into our church, proclaiming the good news of Christ, teaching them to be disciples of Jesus until Christ comes again. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this understanding of how you move throughout time, empowering the apostles and doing miraculous things to begin the community of believers, the church. And now we are recipients of that a result of that spreading of the gospel to the ends of the earth, and now we are now to continue that on, taking the mantle that you have done so that we could see more and more believe in you. Help us to do that as a church. Strengthen us in faith to proclaim the goodness of you, teaching them all of the eternal hope that they can be found in you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God, and we thank you for all of who you are. You are a faithful God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a message from the chapel. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about the chapel or any of our campuses, including Akron, Green, Wadsworth, Canmore, Cuyahoga Falls, Nordonia, and Medina, please go to our website at thechapel.life.